so today, this morning, just for the next little bit, back in June, back in May, at our uh, financial meeting slash financial vision for this year and for the future, we shared about uh, heart for the house, our heart for the house offering that will be coming uh, this. Uh, in, in, in the fall. We don't have the actual date for it yet, but it'll be in the fall, and so just be watching for it. But we shared about that, and then in June, we shared a message on that. I told you I was going to share once in July, and then, and then as we get closer to the actual date, we'll have several messages where we share on this, because it's, it's really important. Um, we've never had, in this body through the years, we've never had a specific time or offering set aside for the house and the continuation of the house. And I believe that the scripture is really clear about that, but you have to understand, there has to be an understanding of what the house is about. It's not just about a building and paying bills. The place where we gather together, we can gather anywhere, and we proved that for nine years. We were a mobile unit in nine different buildings in nine years, and setting up and breaking down for nine years, and we proved it. How many... How many we're around for a part of that. There's a few people, most everybody left anyway. But um, no, there's a few people that were a part of, of that experience, right? But how many like the house? I mean, you know what? You can do anything you got to do, but I like the house. I don't know about anybody else. I like being here. And I like having our own place and, and being able to do what we want to do and not have to, you know, come on a Sunday morning in a hotel conference room and all of a sudden they're telling us we can't play music that Sunday morning. So then we don't play music. So then, we, you know, we get by with it and we do it, but that's not the best. We want to be able to do what we want to do. We want to be able to do what God wants us to do. Can you say amen? So there's no hindrances and, and it's a great thing, but, but there's more... How many can see with their natural eye there's more that we need to do with this building and the property? Okay? And don't think that we've missed it. You know, man, they, they don't realize that they need to pave some more parking out there. Yeah, we do. Uh, they don't realize that we need to do a little bit of it. We, we need a nicer entrance and exit where it's more inviting when you drive in the place. Yeah, we, we do. We couldn't do anything for two years because of those big wires now, that, those beautiful wires and the big, huge pole that's right there. How many like that? Isn't that beautiful? I think we're going to hang Gates of the City sign right on that big pole. Okay? No, we can't do that. Anyway. Nothing we can do about it, and we couldn't do anything with the front, and now we can and we will, and, and, and things will change as we go. But, but more than anything, what God has been speaking to me about in the last year or year and a half is, is about people that are here to become a part of it and have a heart for the house that God has a heart for, okay? And so I just want to talk with you, and, and if you've been around here at all, we've talked about this through the years, but, you know, you never preach the same thing twice, ever. But, but I just want to look at a few verses of Scripture, and I'm going to start with Jeremiah, Old Testament, Jeremiah chapter um, uh, 29, Jeremiah 29, and verse 11. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and to give you a hope. To give you a future and a hope. 
Proverbs 29. And verse 18. Proverbs 29 and 18. Where there is no vision, no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. Where there is no vision or there's no... uh, One translation says there's no redemptive revelation. Where there's no understanding, in other words, about where we're going or what the purpose is, why we're here, people cast off restraint. So... We, we need to have vision, and we need to have a cause that's tied to the vision and the reason that we're here, and you need to understand it. That's what this whole year has been about in casting vision throughout the year. Habakkuk, uh, chapter 2. Habakkuk, chapter 2. i got to i got to remember where it's at. Habakkuk 2 and verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and he said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Behold, the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall what? Shall live by his faith. The just shall live by faith, shall trust God and walk it out. But the vision will come to pass. Amen? Now, in the New Testament, in the book of Ephesians, the third chapter, it's going to look at the 10th verse. And I'm going to read the 10th verse. And you know, before I read that, I need to do a different scripture. I want to read, I want to read Exodus. Um... Exodus 13 and 17. I want you to look at this. I'm going to read both of these verses. I'm going to read Exodus 13, 17, and I'm going to read Ephesians 3.10, and both of them in the Amplified. So just follow with me. Now, you, you know, we just got to jump into this one verse, but, but the children of Israel have been delivered from Egypt. They've left Egypt, okay? And... In verse 17, it says this in the Amplified, Exodus 13, 17. When Pharaoh let the people go, God led them, not by a way of the land of the Philistines, although it was near. For God said, lest the people change their purpose when they see war and return to Egypt. Lest the people change their purpose when they see war and return to Egypt. Okay, So what was the deal? They left Egypt. God knew what was in their heart. 400 years of bondage. Crying, moaning, groaning, screaming, doing all the stuff they were doing. You know, uh, all the justification, everything. They go from they go from the Red Sea to the, the water in the rock to the manna to this thing to that thing and over and over again. And they received it and then they complained. And then they received it and then they complained. Then they received it. God knew there was stuff inside of them. So what they did 
is they went from one campsite to the next campsite to the next campsite to the next campsite. And, and they set up and they broke down and they set up and they broke down and they set up and they broke down when it was about 11 to 15 mile journey from Egypt into the promised land. I mean, it wasn't a long distance. They could have been there in, you know, I mean, three to five to 10 million people, whatever your figures are and how many people were out there, however many people were there, they could have been there, okay, let's say in a month. In a month. And they were there for 40 years. Why? Because what was in them never changed. Even though they got delivered from Egypt, they never got Egypt out of them. Right? Now, everybody say purpose. Okay, now look at Ephesians 10. And we'll read this in the Amplified. What are we talking about today? Half of the house. Understanding the house of God. Tenth verse, Ephesians 3. In the Amplified. First three words. Read them with me. Ready? Read. The purpose is. Read it again. The purpose is. The purpose is, right? Okay. Lest when the children of Israel left Egypt, they lost the purpose of what their exodus was about. We, it says in Psalms that God led him out, led the children of Israel out to do what? To lead them in. He led them out to lead them in. You ever hear anybody tell you that it was God's will that the children of Israel die in the promised land? It's not true. His will was for them to be let out so that they could be let in, right? They, they died, those 20 years and older died in the wilderness because they didn't change the purpose of their heart, okay? Ephesians 3.10 says in the Amplified, the purpose is that through the church... The complicated, many-sided wisdom of God in all of its infinite variety and innumerable aspects might now be made known to the angelic rulers, the principalities, and the powers in the heavenly sphere. That the purpose of the church is that the principalities and the powers and rulers of darkness that have kept people in bondage and in defeat all their life, that have kept them with this purpose in life that they're defeated and they're not winners and they can't overcome, that they would be delivered of that. The purpose of the church is that the church would let principalities and powers know that they're defeated so that people are defeated, so that people can rise up and be victorious and overcome every obstacle and situation that they face. That's what Jesus came for. And the purpose of the church is that. If the purpose of the church ever becomes anything else, if we just become, uh, you know, a community service group, you know, community service is great. We, we, we're here and we bless our community. We're here for our community. All that's great. But that's not the ultimate goal. It's that people get liberated and free. Can you say amen to that? I, I'm telling you it's the absolute truth. Now, Old Testament, 1 Kings chapter 9 1 Kings chapter 9. Everybody got that? Purpose of the church. Purpose of the church. 1 Kings chapter 9 and verse 1. And it came to pass when Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord, 
and, and the king's house and all of Solomon's desire, which he wanted to do, the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time as he appeared to him at Gibeon. And the Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer and your supplication that you have made before me. I have consecrated this house which you have built to put my name there forever. And my eyes, this is God, my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually, forever. If you walk before me as your father David walked in integrity of heart and in uprightness to do according to all that I've commanded you, and you keep my statutes and my judgments, then he goes on to talk about what would be established. But he said, God said, my eyes and my heart are upon my house. Okay? So, just follow with me to 1 Timothy, New Testament. 1 Tim, New Testament. 1 Timothy, New Testament. Chapter 3 and verse 13. The house, the tabernacle, the, that actually David bought the land and he paid for, and Solomon built, this place that... David had a passion to see done because it was the heart of God. God says, my eyes and my heart are in and on my house. Verse 15, 1 Timothy, New Testament. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know, that you may know you ought to, that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church. House of God, which is the church of the living God, and the house of God, which is the church, is the pillar and the ground of truth. God's eyes and his heart are on his house, and the house is the church, which is the pillar and ground of truth. And when the truth is preached and the truth gets in the hearts of people, then people change and principalities and powers get pulled down. Amen? And people get, people get liberated and free from what the lie of the enemy tells them because the enemy has no authority and dominion and power in, except what we give him because of the lack of understanding of what the purpose of the church is. Now, I wasn't going to read, I wasn't going to read this passage of Scripture, but you know me. I wasn't going to read this, but I have to. So if you don't see it on the screen, they didn't have it but I'm going to read it anyway. And I just want to throw this out there to you because, and, and I don't have time to look at this today, but, I, but, I, but it's important that you understand this. Um, well, you know what? I'll come to that in a minute. Okay. Ephesians 1 And verse 22, just laying a little foundation here to make my point. Ephesians 1 and verse 22. So God's eyes and his heart are on his house. We see that the church, that the house of God is the church, the, 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 the pillar and the ground of truth, right? In verse 22, it says, And he, the Father, put all things under his feet, Jesus, and gave him Jesus. Father gave Jesus. 
to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. First part of 23. And gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. So we see Old Testament, house of God. God's eyes and his heart are on his house. He never changes. He's always the same. He never changes. His eyes and his heart is on his house. We see that the house is the church. And now we see that the church is his body, the body of Jesus Christ. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that lives inside of you and I. And now the church is his body to the earth. The purpose of the church is that principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness, are defeated. That they are brought down, but they're brought down in the lives of people through understanding, through the word that is taught. Because if the word isn't taught, people don't have any other ideas. No matter what you think about, quote, the church... No matter what you think about the organized church whatsoever, what I'm telling you today, I'm not just picking out of Scripture. It's the heart of God. His eyes and his heart are on his house. His house is his church, and the church is his body. Amen? Now, I want to read this verse I wasn't going to read. In 1 Corinthians 11... 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Sound familiar? What we do during communion, which we'll talk about at the end of the service. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. Doing what? Not discerning the Lord's body. Not discerning the Lord's body. And all I'm going to say about that is this real quickly. Okay? In that passage, the Apostle Paul takes the Last Supper. And he takes what the body of Jesus Christ represents to us through the juice and the cracker. Through his blood and his body being tortured and whipped and beaten so that we could be liberated and free. What the juice and the cracker represents is what we have to discern correctly, okay? That is the beaten, tortured body of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we just read that. The house of God is the church. The church is his body, and people that don't discern the body correctly, it goes on to say that they're weak and sick. What does it mean? Powerless and no power. No ability, no authority to overcome situations. When we don't discern the body of Jesus Christ correctly and what he accomplished, okay, we won't walk in the power and the authority and the dominion that he created the church to operate in because the purpose of the church is to walk in that place of authority and the enemy be defeated, brought down from the high place that he doesn't even belong in. He just tries to make you believe he, he belongs there. And as we bring him down and we walk in that place of authority, then we overcome, but we help other people. Great commission is to go make disciples of all nations of what's happening on the inside of you. And if this thing of discernment is happening in you, you can make disciples of other people. But we have to discern correctly the body, right? Well, the body is the church, which is the house. I'm going to say it again. The body is the church. It is the house. 
Yeah, the body is the body that was beaten and mutilated, but we don't know Jesus after the flesh anymore. Now we know Jesus after what? By the Spirit. And now we realize He came to be tortured so that we could be free. And we could fulfill the purpose and plan that God had in the Garden of Eden for mankind. And we're here doing that. That's what the church is about. Now watch the next verse. Matthew chapter 16. And verse 19. Matthew 16 and 19. Uh, uh, verse uh, 17, I'm sorry. Matthew 16, 17, yes. And Jesus, they'd ask him who he was, and, you know, who do, or he, I mean, he was asking his disciples, who do men say that I am? And some say John the Baptist or one of the prophets or this or whoever. And, and he asked him, who do you say that I am? And Peter jumped up and, you know, said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then he looked at him probably and said, right? And, no. But verse 17 and, and Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I also say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock, I, Jesus, will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Just don't have time to go into it today. Just making the point. We've taught a lot on this. Okay? I'm not building his church. You're not building his church. He's building his church, and we're the parts, right? We're the body, which is the church, which is his house that he is building, that his eyes and his heart are on it and in it perpetually forever and ever and ever, and it'll never go away. And, it, and his whole focus is that the church be used to overcome. Because, see, if you sit there today, okay, and you remain a jealous person, a bitter person, an unforgiving person, you know, a competitive person, you remain a person who has issues and attitudes that you picked up from wherever you came from, wherever you were born, you got it along the way, we all got it along the way, we got some junk and trash and all this stuff, and we brought it along, and we come in here to this place, okay, and if that junk in you remains, and you try to contaminate what God, God doesn't like that. See, so God wants the word to become alive. That's why we preach it. Whether people like it or not, we still preach it. We're going to preach the word no matter what. And we're not preaching the word to be offensive. I mean, this is an offensive word, right? It's good. So, so we don't preach the word to be offensive. But if people take it in a negative way or in a wrong way, there's nothing we can do about it because it has to be preached. But listen to this. This word I'm preaching to you today, you'll never, ever, ever get away from it. You shouldn't have come. No. <laughs> you, you, you cannot get away from this word. You will hear this. Every word that you've ever heard preached gets down inside of you. Those words are alive out there and they get down inside of you and you can't get away from it. And, 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 and when you least expect it, like at 3 o'clock in the morning, he'll wake you up with something that you heard me say or somebody else that you hear preach say. Because that's what the word is about, right? The church is the pillar and the ground of truth, it, it, it establishes people so that they can liberate other people. Amen? That's the purpose of the church. That's what we're here for. So Jesus said, I am building my church on what? On the rock of revelation, the revelation of 
God's word and who God says that we are, and when we get that on the inside of us, then we're becoming the part that we're created to be. So we can get free of anything that we need to be free of. Amen? So I said all this today to, and, and I'm going to read, I'm going to read Philippians 4, and then I'm going to end with my point today. Philippians 4 and verse 13. For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Who who is Christ? He's the head of the house, the church, the body. Right? I can do all things through the head of the house the church, the body. Because this is an institution of the anointing. The church is you and I, us, okay? Not the building, okay? This is where we gather. And there's an anointing on the house when the people are anointed, okay? It's not, there's nothing about the house at all if what we're doing is not part of what he's building, See? Then we're just another public interest group in, in the city that has, you know, that's probably annoying to the rest of the community. That's what, we, that's what we can become when we're not here a part of what he's building, okay? But we're the church, and he's the head, and we can do everything he says we can do. Settled today? Okay. So, in Exodus 35, and I'm going to end with this, Exodus Chapter 35, they were building one of God's houses, tabernacle in the wilderness. It was where the presence of the Lord was housed, Exodus 35. And they're building this in the wilderness, and Moses tells the people, teaches the people about it and the benefits and all those kind of things. And as they were building it, okay, as they were building it, what Moses was looking for specifically was a certain type of people. Now watch this. Verse 20 of Exodus 35, I'm just jumping in and just going to read you a couple of scriptures in 35 and 6. And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. Then everyone came whose heart stirred and everyone whose spirit was willing and they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the, what? Tabernacle of meeting, which is the house, which to us is the church, which is about his body. Okay? And you, you can't separate... You, well, I'll say this. You, you shouldn't... You shouldn't, be, you shouldn't separate us from this place if what we're doing here is for the city. I mean, you know, we're, we're up on top of a hill. People can see us around and, you know, all that. And, and actually, uh, and it's been prophesied before that we're up here and we're kind of an icon to the city. 
People can look up here and see this building. You know, a lot of people don't know what it is. And the more that we're developed here to where people know who we are and what we're about, the, the better that will be. And we're working on that, and we're going to continue to work on it. But we won't, and, and, and I don't mean this in a, in, a, in a cheap way, we won't sacrifice the truth for the appearance. We just won't, okay? And, and if, 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 I'm going to say this right because, and, and you just have to take this, most of you know my heart that are here, you just have to take it for what it is. If the actual manifested finances were in our hands right now, there'd be a dozen other things that were, would be already completed. It's not like we're too stupid to figure out that we need to complete some stuff and take care of some stuff. If the manifestation was here, it would already be done because we already have the plans. We already know how much everything's going to cost. And on, on, the day, on the week when we have our Heart for the House offering, we'll have the different projects that we have. We have seven projects to finish here at Gates of the City. But the projects aren't about trying to get money from you. Okay? I've been here for 24 years, and I've never one time ever received an offering for anything that we do. Not in 24 years. And the Lord said to me last year, you're cheating the people. For 24 years? No. He said, now it's time. So I have to obey God, and so what I'm doing is I'm putting this out there, and if your heart is stirred and your heart is willing, and I'm not, I'm not looking for, I don't, I don't want an offering, I want you to give anything today, anything. I want you to be praying and allow the Holy Spirit to show you that you're to get involved in the continuation of this house financially. And once a year, we will have a heart for the house offering. And you can sow into it one time or you can sow into it every month or however you want to do it, you know, but you'll see that when we get to the actual day. But this whole thing is about why we're here. It's why we're here. What is the purpose for us being here? For 24 years, we've proven that we're here to preach the word and to Stand for and behind the house that God's eyes and his heart are on and in. And to protect that. And protect it by not allowing anything to come from this pulpit that is going to go against God. Nobody's going to get on this platform that is just going to be about them. We're here to give God glory and the praise and and. Everything that belongs to God, to God. And people have to learn how to deal with themselves so they can be a part of what's going on. And if we don't do that, at the expense of people being sometimes hurt or upset or going through things in their life, everybody's going through something. Everybody in here today is going through something, or you've gone through something, or you will in two days from now. 
Okay? And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad confession, and that's not expecting. So I'm just saying stuff happens and stuff comes, and stuff will happen to you in the future, but God is greater, and you can do all things when you're tied to the head who is the head of the house, the church, the body. And when you discern that correctly, you begin to see yourself walking in authority and dominion and power like you've never seen. And are, is there resistance to that? Come on. Come on. I got 14 other careers I could be doing right now than this. Not, not like, you know, those other, those other careers are where I'm supposed to be. I'm saying I could do all kinds of things. You, and, you, don't, you don't have to be here today. You could be anywhere else. You understand? When you learn to have a heart for the house and you're connected to it, there's no end to what will happen in your life. And there's testimony after testimony after testimony in this house of things that have happened in your lives as a result of being tied to something bigger than you are. And so in the, in, at the, uh, the specific day, and, and we'll lead up to that in a few services, and, and we'll let you know when that is, when the time comes, you will have, and, and if you read 35 and 36 about seven different times, Moses talked about the people that had willing hearts and hearts that stirred them. And you know what happened? They received an offering, and there came a day, and this is, I've never heard this happen in the church before, but there came a day when Moses said, hey, oh, oh, stop, no more giving. We got more than enough to do everything we need to do. Keep your stuff. They got to the place because they got so willing. You know what happened was? I think it was, just, it was just a handful that turned into another handful that turned into another handful that turned into another handful because of all the great things that was beginning to happen in all their lives because that's the way it works. So I've taken this Sunday to talk to you about the house and the importance of the house and the vision of the house and what we're about and who we are and to encourage you to be prepared for our Heart for the House offering that's coming in the fall. And as you're doing that, really taking ownership of seeing the projects and the things that God wants to do here and accomplish in our city and our nation and around the world being accomplished here. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, today we thank you for all that you have done for us. Lord, we thank you that your purpose is becoming so real to us on the inside. What your purpose and what your plan is on planet earth. And that is for the church to arise and be everything that the church, which is your house, which is the body of Jesus Christ, would be all that you created us to be. And Lord, we purpose to be on the receiving end and the giving end of all that you've required of each and every one of us. So Lord, I believe that you're speaking to the hearts of your people and then the days and weeks and months ahead that you will speak and they'll do. Because this year in 2013, three things that we purpose to do is to hear your voice, to do what you say, and to worry about nothing. To hear your voice, to do what you say, to worry about nothing. 
Lord, I just bless you. I thank you and thank you for all that you have done today. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen and amen.